Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Welcome to a special episode of Persistence You with Lisbeth, as it is probably one of my last in this particular home, and that's what this episode is about. Today, I am my own special guest, and before I get started, can I just let you know that today I'm recording on September 7th, 2021. And this episode of Persistence You with Lisbeth is sponsored by my coaching business. If you are a midlife woman who is pivoting after a crisis or who merely wants to recalibrate and find herself on the top five of her own priority list more often than not, finally, let me know if you want to schedule a discovery call. Find me at lameredith.com. And for all of you who don't fit that bill, but who knows someone who may benefit from coaching with me, feel free to forward the information. And yeah, I really, really appreciate it. Hop on my email list anytime at lameredith.com and you'll get my updates on classes, coaching, books, all of the fun things. So in show notes today, you'll find something that I I had to, as I was trying to sell my townhouse in Alaska, I had to write the story of my experience here in this home. And as I did it, I nearly started crying. I left pictures and small notes for people who were looking at my place to just see the story of our lives. And it dawned on me, it's just it's very sacred. So I've lived in this townhome that was supposed to be my starter home since 1995. And in 1995, I was, what, 30 years old? My children had been kidnapped and were out of country with their non-custodial father. So here I was in the throes of a crisis, and I could no longer afford apartment living And my latest roommate had moved and it left me just vulnerable, really. And so I got a wonderful, wonderful real estate agent. His name was Laurel Smith. And I loved Laurel. He was an older gentleman, real fatherly. And he took me around the city looking at places I could afford. But at about that time, I was making $10 an hour, at least for part of it. And so what I could afford... (laughs) In Anchorage, Alaska in 1995 at the age of 30, as a sole supporter of two little girls who were now in another country, was two different places. (laughs) And at least there was that. But uh, yep, I had no credit. I had no credit card, which was kind of a mixed blessing, really. And uh, looked at two different townhomes and found one that was not at the very, very top of my budget. And I landed on this townhouse here in East Anchorage, probably for those of you who are not familiar with Alaska, but it's a very working class neighborhood I live in. And the crime rate may be a little bit higher in spots around me than other parts of Anchorage. And altogether, that's pretty high. But uh, it was what I could afford. It was unfortunate to look at. 
It was a townhouse at the end of a cul-de-sac. And if and when I could ever find my kidnapped daughters, it meant that they would each get their own bedroom, something they'd never had before. It also meant we would be back to sharing one bathroom, the three of us, and that I had some 1970s decorations to deal with. So some foil sort of wallpaper I needed to take down and I needed new carpet and I needed to paint and the popcorn ceilings. I hate to admit it, but I never got to that. There are still popcorn ceilings in this townhouse. I could not necessarily see its potential. All I knew was that it was something that I couldn't be evicted from and that it gave me the promise a little slice maybe of the American dream that a single soul supporting mom might not otherwise have. I couldn't afford a down payment on my own. And so a family friend lent me some money that I paid back to put a down payment and away we went. I remember showing a friend of mine, this townhouse, the kitchen was so small, is so small that in fact, I had a friend who came in after me one time when I was showing the townhouse. And he said, if your butt gets any bigger, you will never fit in that kitchen. So watch your weight while you live here. (laughs) And he wasn't fat shaming me. It is just a little thimble sized kitchen. And all I could think was, if my kids ever get back from Greece, if I can ever relocate my kidnapped daughters, they'll have a place where we're not moving place to place or we'll no longer live on Section 8 housing. We won't live in Section 8 housing. And do they have a yard necessarily in this townhouse? No, but they had some common area that they could learn to play in and walking trails that are just simply stunning, a cute coffee shop, and then a second coffee shop down the street, nice schools, and neighbors that I did not always appreciate because there is definitely a closeness and proximity that I wasn't counting on necessarily when we moved into the townhouse. But oh my goodness, they are like extended family. And so (laughs) in Alaska, during the cold, cold winters, when we got and when we get an excess of snow, there have been a couple of times where neighbors have had to help push me up into my own driveway or helped me shovel my driveway. Thank you to James. Thank you to John down the street and Ruben, who used to live here and his spouse and just nice, nice people. Very inquisitive people. There are a few secrets kept around this place, but it's just that old fashioned neighborhood that when my kids did come home, And when the news cameras showed up, it was kind of awkward because we have this little townhouse in a cul-de-sac and I was hoping to have some privacy and then news cameras were at my home. But you know what? The neighbors could not have been more supportive. They just embraced my daughters, my non-English speaking daughters when they came home. They were barely getting their English back in order. And so when my kids came home, sorry about the phone ringing, and when they were struggling in school and as they grew up to be awkward junior high kids and rebellious teenagers and traumatized kids who'd gone through so much, but who also had really fun things around them, 
it was this neighborhood and these neighbors who helped helped teach them to learn how to look for a car and helped, you know, we had a couple of pets who helped report when one of my daughters was sneaking out of the house, one of our cats, um, who kind of trilled the alarm when my daughter was a teenager sneaking out of the house after we'd all fallen asleep. We just have so many memories in this beautiful, beautiful starter home that became almost a finisher home. I completely did not, I think I underestimated how much emotion would happen when I made a decision finally to strike out on my own. There are a lot of people in life who, at least in America and maybe Australia and a few other places anymore, but who graduate from high school or maybe from college and they give themselves a gap year or at least a period of time where they figure out what do they want to do next? Do they want to travel? Are they going to couch surf? What are they going to do to just figure out who they are before they develop roots and do what comes next? For me at the age of 57, I feel like I will be darned. This is my gap year. And so here I am. I moved here at the age of 30. I'm now 57. And finding my own way now that my daughters are in their 30s, where do I want to live? What do I want to do? And who will I be in the next (laughs) chapter of my life? So it's been filled with a lot of emotion. When I go room to room, I can see the improvements we've made over the years. I remember that there were times where we almost lost this precious little starter home. And it wasn't fancy, but I just could barely afford the townhouse and repairs and my kids all on my small income. So it was not uncommon for the girls to come home in junior high. And I don't, maybe even in high school where we would have a utility shutoff notice affixed to our garage door. Very, very obvious for all the neighbors to see because I was behind on bills And we had other things besides snowstorms. And one time we had a leaf, uh, a leak in the roof many years ago that then the whole roof had to be replaced. The snow was so very, very deep. And, you know, just stuff happens like it happens to you. It happened to us. But for me, I just, oh, it was a struggle to keep this place. But It was a part of that little bit of dream that we had to have stability in our household. When I was growing up as a part of a single (laughs) parent home, we, well, my mom was actually married a good bit, but we moved a lot and there was a lot of chaos and instability. And I think that's why it was so incredibly important for me to sort of throw down roots and say, this is throwing down a stake. This is our home. This is where the girls will grow up and we will not be moving place to place to place. And so in some ways, it was a bit of success in the middle of a lot of chaos that we had ourselves. It really supported us and gave us one place that we could all come to. And did it need improvements? Yes. And did I make them as we could afford to? Yes. I remember when the girls were in junior high, And they were 
having friends stay over at our house, our heater was old and not doing the trick in the wintertime. And so you could literally see your breath in our house. And we had two separate Christmases, which the, the heater just died altogether. And so at the time, it was a lot colder. We used to have a lot colder temperatures back in the day. But we would have, if I didn't have the fireplace, we would have like, you know, zero degrees outside. And then the heater dying on the holidays meant nobody would come fix it. So we've really weathered some storms here. But in this home, so many more beautiful things happened than the negative things. So those little traumatized girls grew up to be awkward junior high people who grew up to be honor students, who grew up to be rebellious high schoolers who still made great grades and played soccer and had wonderful friendships and healed from a lot of things that happened early in their childhood. And this was the place that it all happened. When I told the girls now in their mid thirties, I'm going to sell our townhouse and it's time for me to leave state. You would have thought they were eight years old all over again. It was so hard for them to imagine that I wouldn't live here until the bitter end in this townhouse. By now, I've had the complete joy of renovating it as I could afford to, room by room, had the kitchen completely redone in a few years ago. It took for a long time to save for that renovation, but beautiful custom-made cabinets, and the stove was moved, and new countertops, marble flooring. The living room looks lovely. Could use some paint, will not lie. Um, Recarpeted upstairs a couple of times since I've lived here. And the bathroom's renovated with gorgeous vanities and updated amenities. In our tiny little backyard space, a wonderful Alaska Native artist came a few years ago and painted a mural. And that mural is a sunflower, a garden of sunflowers that all year long, when I look out my window, no matter if it's dark all day long as it is in Alaska in December, in November, when I look outside my window, I see this beautiful, beautiful garden of sunflowers. It was like this ray of hope that he gave me and really helped with winter depression. So I welcome whoever comes next in this delightful townhome. It reminds me as I wind down, as I get rid of our family's photo albums, as I thin out old report cards and old bills and letters from even when I was in high school, when I throw out, completely throw in the garbage our old yearbooks. It's time to keep those memories precious in my heart, but also to make room for what comes next. And I think no matter what, that that American dream of having my own home is now no longer my dream. It may be somebody else's, but that dream no longer fits. And so I'm realizing that home is actually wherever it is that I am and that my memories and the love the love that I have from family and friends, that's where home is. And that that will always be transportable with me. I will miss this very sweet and very close-knit neighborhood. 
I will miss this home in which I remember kind of nurturing and transforming every little bit of it and struggling with it and getting frustrated with it. I will miss the noise of the cul-de-sac and the new kids growing up and playing. And maybe you can hear them in the background now. But I will not lose track of it. I will never give up my gratitude toward it. I couldn't have raised such amazing young women without being in this particular neighborhood, I think. But on the other hand, it is time for new connection, new memories, and new growth. And I am absolutely, for any of you who've ever moved across country, and it is a huge distance from Alaska, it's a big feat, even if we didn't have a worldwide pandemic. It sounds easy. I mean, I've traveled the globe and done that alone, at least a lot of it. But this is different in that I'm moving across country with no friends or family in the town I'll be living in. I could not be more excited and honored to have the opportunity to just try, maybe fail, but to try something different. And it does scare me. It makes me very anxious. But on the other hand, I'm not going to be sitting in the same place that I've been for so very long, just staring at my kids and wondering what comes next. And so I I could not be more honored. Uh Anyhow, one thing that I really appreciate is creating the community that I have here. I hear from so many people every week now. I get emails from you all. And I love hearing that you're connecting with the podcast. When I first moved into this little townhouse, I would have never guessed that this was the home where I would raise mighty phoenixes, that I would write a memoir that has done brilliantly and is optioned for television, and that I would end 30 years of a career in human services. Maybe not end, but retire from government work at least, and use some of those experiences to help me in my next writing, in my next, you know, presentations and trainings that I give, in my next part-time job, even if I decide to do that. Nothing has been wasted, but it is time for a new challenge. So on show notes, I will have old pictures of when I first moved into this townhome. It's so sweet because I I was in the newspaper back when my daughters were kidnapped. And so I have the cover of that on the fireplace next to that. I have pictures of the girls and then next to that, a frame of my book Next to that, a picture of somewhere in there, there's a picture of when I, the day that I moved in in January 1995, and a picture of me now as I'm leaving. And it, it is very precious. I think this is one of the longest relationships <laughs> I have ever had, really, t- almost 27 years in one place. That's a long time. I don't take it lightly. I am very grateful. Alaska has been like, the family that everyone should want to have close and supportive and diverse and beautiful, never boring. And I will return when I can. And 
I'm very thankful for the opportunities that living here offered, and I hope that the next family who moves in enjoys it as well. What does home mean to you? I'd love to hear as you connect with me, what does your home mean to you? And what have you had to go through to just maintain a home, to just have a place to live? I think whether we're apartment dwelling or couch surfing or own our own home, it is it is a process. <laughs> it is a process. It's not easy. I don't think we prepare kids well enough as we're, as they're being raised for all of the different things that home ownership entails. It has been beautiful, but it is time to say a final goodbye to this place. Thanks for being here with Persistence You with Lisbeth. Love to hear from you. And again, keep in mind, if you know someone in life who is a midlife woman looking for a coach to work with issues on whatever it is, like a crisis or maybe a milestone in her life, you know how I'm having my gap year. It could be someone after a divorce, after a crisis, or someone who's just pivoting and wanting to really recalibrate after a lifetime of putting everyone else first. Love to hear from that person and schedule a discovery call. Thanks for being here. Have a fabulous week. And please be patient. I should have enough episodes up that there will be no gaps. We drop every single Wednesday. I have such exciting guests coming up for you. I can't even tell you. It's been my honor to create this community and to continue to meet dynamic survivors and strivers. I will talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.